to our inaugural postseason edition of the PA High School Football Report podcast. The regular season has come and gone, so it's time to turn our attention to what we like to call the stretch run. Six glorious weeks of knock em out football. I'm Jana Benskutter alongside Eric Epler. We are powered by Penn Live. Ep, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful, Jana. How are you? It is a glorious, well, we're only hours away from the postseason beginning. That's always a good thing. Ten weeks have come and gone. We had a lot done in that 10 weeks, a lot of wild finishes, a lot of great, great performances, including last week. Holy hell. I think we right. had we had a bunch of 300 plus rushing yards um, uh, performances. Uh, we had a couple finishes that we did not see coming, uh, but it all worked itself out. And District 3 playoffs begin this week. Exciting time. Six weeks to go. Yeah, and it couldn't have gone any better, but like the weather last week, right? I mean, torrential, well, I mean, I don't know, would you define it as torrential downpour? It was coming in kind of sideways. Yes. Uh, and yes. At Northern, where they have the, you know, old school football field grass, yeah. those guys were fighting as hard as they could just to hold on to the football. And I'm telling you that color commentary in the uh, press box was really entertaining <laughs> at one point as they were setting up to, uh, setting up their plays for both uh, Waynesboro and Northern the guys in the press box found themselves watching someone on the sideline with their umbrella almost being blown away, inverted. And, you know, the color commentary, was, it's going to go and no, he saves it. So it was really fun to be hanging out and seeing some old school football in the mud. You couldn't even see the Jersey numbers in the end, you know, Waynesboro prevailed six zero, but that was like a three to five yard game uh, the entire time. Well, it was funny too, because a, a bunch of things that kept running through my head, on Friday night. And like, number one is I was at Middletown uh, at uh, war Memorial field. And uh, right. I got, I guess about an hour before kickoff, you know, it was coming down, but it was kind of like just a steady drizzle and the wind was starting to pick up. So it wouldn't, you know, and then it became that Forrest Gump scene, you know, where he's yes. in Vietnam walking a big old fat rain, <laughs> rain. It comes yes. up from the ground and literally, but throughout the entire game, the rain was going sideways for sure. You know, and and it was coming down like cats and dogs. And then I also had an umbrella incident. I have one of those little mini umbrellas. It barely covers my head. But uh, I do it just to keep, you know, you have a backpack on with your laptop. And I I keep it just to keep the laptop, you know, dry. So, you know, so my livelihood does go down right to protect the most important thing on me. Not me. It's the laptop. Um, But uh, but yeah, my my uh, little comic book Patriot News umbrella did go inverted as I was nice. walking to my car. So it was a fight. But yeah, we've been lucky. You know, we we've been really lucky yeah. with weather until yeah. until Friday. I mean, really, really lucky. So one bad day, um, you know, uh, doesn't spoil what what we've had. And it looks like we're gonna get uh some some nice weather for the first week of the postseason too. Yeah, it does look great. Uh but I am concerned about some of your purchases when you're talking about <laughs> the umbrella that you use and every week prior to our podcast F always tells me he's going to be can I do I have time to make instant coffee and it's turned into this you know instant coffee isn't so instant is it it takes him the longest time to make instant coffee I just I, I'm concerned about your purchases listen listen it take if it takes three minutes to boil water in most of America and the world it still only takes at least four and a half five minutes I don't know why it is. I don't know if we're closer to the equator here in Stilton than you are in another part, but it just takes longer to boil the water. 
And I'm telling you, this Maxwell House, Maxwell House Hazelnut Cafe coffee is worth the wait, Jana. It's worth it. I, I hear you, but you're telling me you get nine cups out of one container and I can make <laughs> milk coffee in the same amount of time. I can get 10. It just, you know, it tastes great. I don't understand. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it does. You need like nine scoops of it to have any flavor. But uh, but yeah, it, it's it does me well. It's fine. We we, 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 oh, can, wait for, we, can, we wait for greatness. Jana, we wait. for. <laughs> That's true. And here we are. Greatness. Right. So we'll get back into uh, some high school football talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that time of the year. As we mentioned, we're going to slide past our mailbag portion portion this week and get right to the really good stuff. District three playoffs uh, open for most classifications on Friday today. So we're going to break down each bracket. Actually, Epp is with his expertise and he'll provide you with some of our projected champions in the process. So uh, projected D3 champs, who do you have? What do you got going on? Well, let's start with single A. Obviously, this is a this is a one game and done. This will happen next week. This will be at Steel High War Veterans Memorial Stadium on Saturday, November 13th. It's the one seed Steel High versus two seed DeLone Catholic. Uh, DeLone Catholic's had a very nice season, but I I really see Steel High bouncing back here. It's a little bit, um, you take a little bit of caution because of the way the rollers ended uh, the regular season with, you know, back to back losses to Big Spring uh, by lopsided margin. Then, of course, Boiling Springs on a two point conversion on Friday night. So, or I'm sorry, Saturday afternoon. So, um, so there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of worry there on steel highs part, but athletic wise, I think this is going to be steel high. I think they'll get another uh, district title under the belt and move on the state. So I look for this one to be relatively easy. Uh, I know DeLone Catholic kind of prides themselves on some physical play and things like that. And I think they'll make some plays, but I think in the long run, uh, this is going to be a tough, tough assignment for the Squires. So we will take Steel High in that one. 2A bracket is a little more interesting, um, particularly that semifinal between uh, Columbia, who's the two seed. Uh, they're sitting there at eight and one and Upper Dolphin, who is the three at eight and one. Uh, that game is Friday night uh, at Columbia Junior Senior High School. Um you know, Robert Footman is one of the most sort of electrifying players we have in the district, uh, the quarterback for Columbia. And as he goes, the tide goes. So that's going to be the first assignment for Upper Dolphin, who, of course, have have a bunch of playmakers, too. Upper Dolphin uh, ended the season on a nice winning streak. Uh, Will Laskowski has been very, very tough running that uh, option offense uh, that they run, uh, that Kent Smeltz runs at Upper Dolphin. So that one could be a barn burner. You could be looking at a big time shootout there in that semifinal. Um, and then whoever gets through there is going to probably get your Catholic. I know Susquehanna uh, is sort of a game four seed, but your Catholic's pretty sound. They're undefeated on the year nine and zero, and um, they're going to, I think, eventually sort of lean on Susquehanna and uh, and get by in that final. So that one's going to be a good one. I. I I'm curious to see what happens in the Columbia Upper Dolphin game. That's one of those games where um, I think you sort of hold on and wait and to see what happens. So, yeah, uh, let's move on, Janet, to Class 3A. Um, we've talked about why I'm missing a lot this season. Um, there is a system in place there uh, that that the Spartans run that's just very, very difficult to – sort of poke holes in for 48 minutes. 
and they get on you early and then they just sort of lean and lean. And that second half is really, and they haven't had too many competitive second halves, to be honest with you. Uh, most of the year, it's pretty much been uh, blowout city uh, in the first half, but why I'm missing, I, I thoroughly expect to get through here, but it will be interesting because West Perry and Middletown who play Friday night in a quarterfinal match at West Perry, uh, that's going to be the semifinal match against why I'm missing. Yeah. Now, neither one of those teams is, is equipped um, as much as why I'm missing is, but, but that could get interesting there, especially a defensive minded Middletown. Um, who, who obviously ended on a big win um, against Big Spring on Friday night. So we'll see there. But I, I thoroughly expect uh, Big Spring to – or um, why I'm missing to win District 3A uh, and move on to the state semifinals. Um, 4A. 4A is Bishop McDevitt. And 4A is Bishop McDevitt. And there is no other team in that bracket with that much firepower. McDevitt's going to have to – help their demise, if you will. I mean, they're going to have to play a sloppy game. Um, you know, the one team that has the sort of makeup that could give Bishop McDevitt uh, some fits is Lampeter Strasburg, the two seed, and they're in the bottom half of the bracket. They could come, and that should be your district final. But again, over the course of 48 minutes, the pressure that Bishop McDevitt puts on teams is tremendous, only because they're so versatile. If you stop the pass, which no one has done all year, I think Stone Saunders is somewhere around, you know, he's over 2,000 yards. He's got one interception, 35, maybe touchdown, something like that. Um, Yeah, such a tremendous receiving core. Uh, Rico Scott, who would probably be starting at quarterback if it wasn't for Stone Saunders, has become a lethal wide receiving option for them. So now there's four or five guys who can catch. Um, you know, the deep ball or go across the middle. And then you've got, you're talking about a defense that's given up rough. I think it's less than 60 points, maybe 65 points all season mm-hmm. against, uh, you know, it, it's not the greatest schedule, um, but, but McDevitt has, you know, they've run through everybody that's been in front of them. So it's not like they're squeezing out wins, you know, or, or, or had a scare this or that week. They are hammering everybody they face. So I I expect Bishop McDevitt to uh, to come down and and and, and win District Three and Four. So just to put that in a little bit of perspective, if I'm doing accurate math, which you know probably I'm not, um, you said about sixty points, so that's averaging maybe one touchdown per game throughout the regular season to their opponent. Even you know even if they put the zero on the board, like that's averaging maybe allowing another team one touchdown. Yeah, and you have to factor in that a lot of times it's that touchdown comes against the second team. In this in the second half, with the game already in hand, or the mercy roll clock already running, you know, I mean, I've I've been to three or four, well, three McDevitt games, and all three have been that situation where midway through the third period, uh, McDevitt's starting to shuffle in second team guys, and maybe the team goes and scores in the fourth quarter. Well, that goes against your team, obviously, but it doesn't go against your first team. So, right. first team defense probably. I'm I'm just I'm taking a little bit of a guess here. I would say they probably have given up three or four touchdowns all year. Their okay. first, their full full first team defense. Which, that says so much because the depth is growing, the pipeline for the future years too. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's just been impressive 
Um, cause you, you know, when you, when you look at a team like Mr. McDevitt too, um, it, it's so easy to see the playmakers on offense. And this just is a, isn't just a McDevitt thing, you know, cause every, we write so much about who's scoring the touchdowns, who's gobbling up the rushing yards, who's catching the TD passes or the kick return guys. Uh, it's very easy to overlook this defense. And that's been to me, the most impressive part about Bishop McDevitt. Like I said, obviously they they were way overmatched, you know, most of the opponents in the Keystone division. Um, and then the one team we thought could give McDevitt a fight, Cedar Cliff, you know, McDevitt blew him out of the water, 56, nothing. So, you know, it, it's just, it's been, it's been unbelievable for, for McDevitt uh, so far. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, so let's move on, Jana, real quick. 5A, uh, District 3, 5A. Uh, again, I don't know how many times we've mentioned uh, the name Nicholas uh, Singleton, the running back for Governor Mifflin. Um, but, man, there is so much else to like about this Governor Mifflin team. The number one right. seed, they're sitting there at 8-0. and uh, They just do pretty much everything really, really well. And I would argue that this is the best offensive line in the state, regardless of classification. So when you have that kind of um, versatility um, and that kind of ability to do and run what you want when you want to, um, I don't see a team in 5A that can slow them down. Um, I would argue there might not be a team in 5A uh, statewide that could slow them down. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how far they go. They should have made the championship round last year. Uh, they coughed up an 11-point uh, lead in the last four minutes and 30-some-odd seconds against Pine Richland at home. Um, so they're playing with a chip. They're playing with gigantic talent, uh, and they're playing with the number one running back in the country. So a lot of good things happening and Shillington for them. So I expect them to get out, um, to get out of five a without much, much problem, which brings us to the wild west. (laughs) Um, we're one more week in, uh, week 10, obviously being in the books, 10 full weeks to be exact. And I, I I think I have less of a clue on which of these eight teams are going to make it out. I mean, let, let's sort of work one at a time. It's not, it's not hard right now to envision uh, the one and two matching up in the final Harrisburg being the two central York being the one uh, both have been tremendous uh, all season long. Of course, Harrisburg's only loss was to governor Mifflin. And that was an add on game. Uh, Coach Calvin Everett said, yep, we'll play anybody, anytime. They got a postponement with central dolphin because of COVID. And um, which ultimately wound up really, really hurting Central Dolphin. And they finished ninth when the district takes eight to the playoffs. But anyway, that's another story. Um, that was their only loss to Governor Mifflin. So um, and Central York's been been hammering some folks lately, too. So it's not it's not hard to envision that one versus two in the final. Um, but, you know, Carl Allen, the opener uh, against Harrisburg. That could be one to watch only because Harrisburg or, or Carlisle now is playing. They're playing above and beyond. I think what even their talent is on, on the field. Uh, they're loaded with confidence, three straight wins. And you look at the teams they beat too. Um, 
you know, including CDE's Friday night when they rallied back. Uh, this could be one that Harrisburg does not want to overlook on Saturday at Severance Field in the opening round. I think they have plenty of juice to be either Cedar or CD East or Hempfield moving forward. Harrisburg does. And uh, I'll probably stick with Bo Prabula, you know, Prabula at, um, at Central York, the quarterback, Penn State recruit. Uh, and that defense, which again is better than advertised, that doesn't get uh, doesn't get much pub Central York's defense, but they have been really, really good at times. And uh, so I expect I'm going to take those two teams. I'm not going to give a winner because I yeah. I still don't know who's going to win who would win that game. But that mm-hmm. to me seems like the obvious choice, um, just because of how both of those teams, Harrisburg and Central York, have been playing. Um, they've handled their business, and that's really what you look for too, when you're trying to project, you know, some of these finals. So there you have it. Um, as we all know, the postseason playoffs can bring out the best in some teams and individual players. So there's still some suspense remaining in some of the classifications that we will see. Um, and now we provided you with everything that Epp knows about district three playoffs uh, and where we think teams are going to continue on to the state. So hang with us. All right, Epp, um, it's time to find out which games locally and statewide you'll be keeping a close watch over this weekend. Yeah, locally, we talked a little bit about it earlier in the show. Carlisle, 7-3 at Harrisburg, 9-1 that Saturday afternoon at Severance Field, 1 p.m. As you know, Jana, we did this waltz once before this season. Uh, as the two squads are aligned inside the Mid-Pen Commonwealth Division, Harrisburg won that tussle 34-14 on September 25th, uh, also at Severance Field. But this is a much more confident Carlisle side after winning three straight wins. Uh, they sure. rallied past CD East on Friday night. I think the Cougars have to be careful here. You have a tendency to sort of let down when you know, oh, we beat them by 20 points. Uh, I don't think Calvin Everett, Coach Calvin Everett, is going to allow that them uh, – the focus to be anywhere else uh, but the Thundering Herd on Saturday. But that should be a good game. That should be one to watch. Um, you know, Harrisburg probably needs to be a little cleaner uh, than they have been down the stretch, even though they've been winning ball games. Um, and just, not, just you know, stay out of their own way. Don't, no, no silly penalties. That's going to be the secret for Harrisburg, and they have enough talent mm-hmm. to get through there. But that's that's definitely one to watch on Saturday afternoon. The other one is Friday night at West shore stadium, lowered off in six and three at Cedar cliff eight and two. Uh, this is an already another, we did this uh, earlier in the season. This is in five, a, this is a five, a opening rounder. Uh, the Colts won this game 48 20. Um, but this is a much better lowered off team right now. Uh, they are oozing confidence. First postseason trip since 2017. And they did it in, sort of emphatic um, mode against Palmyra. They had to walk in. They had to win that game. They won it decisively 28-14 to move into playoffs. This is all about Jonte Morris, the running back for Cedar Cliff. They need to slow that kid down. He had one of his best, he had one of his best efforts of the season, and he had a lot of best efforts during the season um, last week with 200 and I think it was right around 240 some yards rushing. Uh, if Morris is getting his, if he's getting to that second level of defense, it's going to be a very, very long night for the Falcons. So they need to bottle him up a lot in this one. Statewide. 
Yeah. yeah statewide. Uh, there's a lot of good games, actually. Uh, they're, you know, the way the playoffs work, um, the district playoffs work, different districts are, are qualifying different amounts of teams. So there are a lot of bye weeks um, that we're going through on this week. But uh, Altoona is at Williamsport uh, Friday night in Williamsport. And this is a 6A sort of subregion. And um, this one is for the right to p- go back and play State College. We're earned a bye uh, next week for the District 6 slash 4 1 title. Uh, it's interesting because either State College or Altoona, if Altoona would get by Williamsport, uh, could wind up against a District 3 champ in a couple of weeks. Um, and that would be for the right to play in a state semifinal. So you could see uh, another Commonwealth division, you know, sort of um, matchup there um, between, uh, you know, State College and whoever comes out of District 3, whether it be Harrisburg or Central York or whoever. So that'll be interesting to see that one. And yeah, the last one is District 6 championship. Junior is back in this session, uh, going for two straight now. Uh, Junior is eight and two. Belfont's two and seven. So uh, obviously, Junior is a heavy favorite here. This is back at the Haunted Mansion Park Stadium in Altoona. We always call it haunted because it is. I can't prove it. But it is. Um, it doesn't matter. It, I know it's going to, it could be sunny there, but it won't be sunny. There'll be cloud cover. It'll be dank and dark and probably wet. But anyway, this is a six, uh, District 6 4A final. Uh, like I said, Juniata going for two straight. The Liberty Division wasn't exactly, um, uh, you know, a juggernaut as far as a, a tough schedule this year uh, for Juniata. But, you know, a lot of teams went through injuries, key injuries for them. But Juniata also went through a, a, a big, a big tough loss in, uh, in losing Jacob Condo, their quarterback, uh, early on in the season to a broken collarbone. And, um, and, and to get back here at eight and two, I think is pretty impressive. It says a lot too about their defense. Their defense is really, really good. Trent Martin and a couple other guys have played tremendous all year. So I hope uh, I'd like to see Juniata get by here. We don't root for teams, but they would be going then the following week for their first state tournament win, um, which eluded them last year by uh, just an unbelievable um, performance by a point. They lost by a point last year right back at mansion park. So there's good and bad vibes there. So hopefully Juniata makes it through and has a shot to win that state tournament, but that'll be another good one uh, in district six, four, a coming up on Saturday. That's Saturday night at seven o'clock at mansion park. Good stuff. Okay, great. Thanks again uh, to our listeners for being along with us on this journey. We've had a lot of fun in the regular season. The postseason is sure to be excited just as much uh, with more thrilling football games. We're talking high school football until December. Any questions for us, feel free to tweet us on Twitter. You can find me at jbenz51 and Epler at 3jacker. To listen to any of our archived shenanigans, you can find them on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts. Have a great weekend. <laughs>